0: Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon, your host. And as you know, I love to help you see, feel, and think in new ways, because that's the only way you're gonna change. And our job is to get you off the brink so you can soar. And particularly for women, this is a very important time for us to help each other really begin to see things through a fresh lens. I have Liz Mush here with us today. And she is the epitome of a multicultural and global citizen and business leader of the world. You're going to love listening to her story. She is a Dutch of Dutch Indonesian origins. She immigrated to the U.S. as a child and for both her formative years and the outside of her career. And then she moved to France. Paris has been her home for more than 30 years. She's both American and French in her citizenship. And she lives between Paris and Southern California, which is where she is now for our interview. She's had a successful career with multicultural, regional, and global responsibilities of professional and marketing services organizations. She's had CEO roles most recently at Kantar, WPP, and Ipsos. She'll tell you about this. And now she has an active portfolio career on both sides of the pond, corporate board work, intensive support of environmental nonprofits. She's on the board and supports her alma mater, the Fletcher School, and her proudest achievement is her son, Max, who's a young architect in Paris. Liz, this is such an honor to bring you to our guests here today. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, Andy, it's such a pleasure for me to be with you. I love what you do. I love how you spread the word and the generosity of ideas with other people. It's a well, pleasure.
0: T- today's your turn. Tell our listeners about your own journey. I can read a bio, but you can tell it much better. And it comes alive as you and I were talking because uh, it gives you a member, I'm an anthropologist. And the wow. cross cultural foundation of what you bring gives you eyes that see things in fresh ways. Let's talk about Liz.
1: Thank you, Andy. So it is true that I come from this sort of very mixed cultural background, but in order to make it even a little richer, um, you know, when you when you speak about anthropology, for instance, both of my parents were in Japanese POW camps during World War II, terrible camps. My father was on the Burmese Railroad, which you know is the bridge on the River Kwai, lots of torture, lots of deaths, and everything. And I think it's undeniable that these conflicts of peoples um is part of me. I mean, I inherited it, whether whether I like it or not. Um, and I think. It's given me lots of things. Obviously, I'm, I'm intrigued by the differences between people, but I think it's given me resilience because my parents and those before them, they had to survive. You know, you, you can't go through awful moments like this, seeing the very worst of people and then not somehow find your way, your attitude, your way to continue to survive and, and do positive things. So I think that's, that's definitely part of my journey. I think that's had a huge effect on me. Um, I think the sort of link to that is that the developing world in general has always had a big, big importance to me. I studied Africa when I was a student in college, for instance, uh, one of the things that I do more than most things is be quite active with African women today. So um, again, and I think that comes from, from my background, my family background in terms of, I think my career um, I would bet money that because I have this international background, I think I have been successful being an international businesswoman because I care about the differences culturally because I want to know the traditions in one country versus another. And so you know what in, in organizations where I had international responsibilities, I loved and I had a good time exploring and learning and I think they gave it back to me you know whether it was my colleagues or my clients, I think they appreciated the fact that I liked their differences and that I wanted to integrate their differences into the work, into figuring it all out. So again, I think it's a direct link to whatever success I have had um, as a career.
0: Well, you know, Uh, career evolved. So how did you begin to build the professional side of it? We'll come back to that personal side, because I've been to Africa three times. And uh, we could talk a lot about the diversity of African women and the resilience, talk about ingenuity there. But, you know, you, you built a career that I think is worth sharing a little bit as well.
1: Look, I, I studied international politics. And was then told that because of my sort of direct attitude, I was very unlikely to become a diplomat. Or
0: not <laughs> <likely to> become <laughs> a diplomat. And so See, I had to pivot. That, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh so hard, but I've no, been there.
1: I'm glad <laughs> right, you're enjoying it. But that was like my first pivot. So I, okay, so I'm not going to be Henrietta Kissinger. And I had to open myself up and talk to a lot of people. And And for good and bad reasons, but with a lot of luck, I ended up in advertising many moons ago. In New York City, um, and you know, at that time MBAs were the thing, and I didn't have an MBA. And I, and I very, I believe, attitude rules, and so my attitude was, and that's how I spoke to this company. I said, "Look, I've got a master's from a top co- organization. There are things that 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 your staff doesn't understand about working internationally." Right? You know, Breaking up, anyway, I pushed my way in. And I ended up working more than 20 years for this company. I probably had 11 different careers within the company. They took me to France. They allowed my transfer to France. I ended up running the company in France. And then I had European responsibilities. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, things happen also because you want them to happen. And you
0: you never had an MBA, I guess. No, I never
1: never (laughs) took one business course in my life. (laughs) I had an entire career in business. And I think that also means... You know, you pick it up, and you listen, and you learn, and and I do. I very much believe that it's a question of attitude. I, I think oftentimes women tend to be very humble. Uh, we tend to be much more realistic about what we're capable of and not capable of. But the bad side of that is that we don't stand up and are not confident enough to take on things. You know, men they don't care. They'll just say yes. They don't know how to do something, and I think we we are almost too too realistic. You know, too truthful.
0: Um, well, that's a, an interesting perspective, um, <laughs> I, 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 but it, but it's also inspirational for women listening. Uh, to know that it's time to rethink you as a woman and what you can do and how your mind enables it or, or resists it. Remember, we live our stories and you're telling our story because it's very powerful about how you basically said, of course I can. In fact, in my new book, Rethink, we have 10 women and myself, all of whom said, the heck with what they say. Women don't do that. Women aren't good leaders. Women aren't entrepreneurs. Right. Women aren't in aerospace and they said." of course we can. <laughs> and you you never stopped to say, of course I can. I just did it. But it's really important. So now as you look going forward, your career is taking you to an interesting point, And you're working with women across the globe in many different ways okay. through all kinds of, of vehicles. Share with us some of the things you're doing that others might find inspiration in as well. Okay.
1: So, As a a quick intro, I'm a big believer in women, um, helping women as you are, because our networks aren't strong enough. Um, We don't grow up that way. We have personal lives. We're mothers. We're we're, we're wives. There are lots of reasons for it. But I think, therefore, women have to help women. And I think the only way to do that is to be clear about it and almost official about it. So I'm involved in, in four organizations that I love. C200, which is an organization of top CEOs and entrepreneurs who are dedicated to helping other women in business. Paradigm for Parity, an organization that's very focused on getting gender parity at every level in business. Women's Business Collaborative, which we have in common, which is where I I had the pleasure of meeting you, uh, where we have many initiatives really trying to push women and getting clarity about their roles, including at the board level. And then finally, one called She Can, which is about helping women, empowering women in developing markets and helping them to be successful in those markets. And so, I mean, it's there's I could do more. I, I love I love working with young women and helping them understand how little, little tiny changes in their attitude can help them open up doors and, and, and look at things in different ways, because we all have obstacles. Look at the young people this year. The the year has been so challenging, but there are other ways, other eyes for which to look at things so that you can be positive and optimistic
0: and go forth. Now, a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. Simon Associates is us, and we love to help you see, feel, and think in new ways to help you and your business grow. We specialize in applying the tools and methods of anthropology, but we're also entrepreneurs and business builders and we like to share our experience and expertise with you. So if you're stalled or stuck or starting up, give us a buzz and let's see if we can help you as well. You can learn all about us at simonassociates.net and read my book, Learn About It at andysimon.com. There's a free chapter you can download and a toolkit you'll find very helpful. We're on Amazon and you can buy it as a book, an ebook, or even an audible that I recorded myself. We look forward to hearing from you at simonassociates.net. Info at simonassociates.net is right to us. Now back to our podcast. I think the biggest gap um, is having a role model because we're mimics. And if there's nobody who we can imitate, we have to make it up, which is you did it. I did it. But I had a mother who was a professional and a grandmother who ran the business. And I often wow. thought my father was unable to run the business because they allowed him to. But because I watched these two women who just, you know, took charge. Um, when my husband and I, we, we launched something at Washington University called the Simon Initiative for Entrepreneurship. We wanted to work with women entrepreneurs particularly. And he's an entrepreneur. I am as well. He's been very successful. What I found was that they didn't have anybody to imitate. They weren't any role models. And they were looking to each other peer-to-peer stuff. They were making it up. And occasionally, somebody would come back and talk about how they had seen something. And the one woman I loved, she had her mother who teamed up with her to do it. But a gap and my gap filler is that we need more folks like yourself who are role models for others. You know, you had mentioned you were mentoring a mentor. I can't tell you the conversations are picking our brains talking about with storytellers. And the whole thing is tell me a story. How did this happen? Because in the absence, they make the story up and, and they are not quite sure what the elements of the story are. So for the listener, think through your own story. But also think through who's your mentor and how we can help them begin to craft that life that they want to lead because they can. They just don't know that others have done it as well. And they don't want to be Sheryl Sandberg. They don't want to hit the top. No. They really want to be successful, right. however they defined it. Do you find the same?
1: I do. I absolutely do. And I and I encourage women, you know, women are, are often shy to reach out and ask for mentorship. And ask, will you be my coach? Would you give me some of your time? You know, you should always ask. I always ask the people that you think you're interested in, whether they're male or female for that matter, because what's the worst that can happen is that they say no. Um, and I love, I, I, yeah, I love mentoring. But I do think when I hear you speak, that there's one thing that I, I, I believe I've helped young women with. And that is that when you're trying to work about change or when you don't know what you're supposed to do and everything else, clarity for me rules and if you don't have it if you don't have it you're not going to advance so you know it it's it, and i and i very often i encourage women i give them tools to what do you do in order to get clarity because you can get it and maybe it takes a few months but it's better to work on it and be focused on it and 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 get that clarity on what you want what you are good at what you are not very good at Who wants what you are good at? You know, how are you going to advance? How are you going to get what you want? These things, if you're not clear, then you can spend years looking. And how many times do we hear from women and men but that they're unhappy? That they don't (laughs) like what they're doing? Oh, my goodness. And that they really wanted to get into this company and that they're not happy in this company. It makes me crazy. And I really think that it's all about know who you are know what makes you move what what is important to you and then marry that to the outside world find a company or an organization or an institution that needs you just you specifically and then it's easier
0: well it is and we also know from the neurosciences that the brain is looking for certainty autonomy you know others to relate to in some way fairness and, and when you're thinking about looking in that mirror, come back and ask yourself, you know, what am I, to your point, what am I really happy doing? What am I really want to do? And, and really then design that life story in a way that you can make it happen. Um, but the only one controlling it is you. So you have to collaborate with your mind. And if you are not happy now, tell it, well, if I did this and I would be, I'm working with one woman, and she's just great. She's a CPA, an MBA, a partner in a big firm, and hates every day going to work. She raised three kids. They're all good. She hates single mom, hates going to work. And finally, her therapist quit, fired her. <laughs> she said, "You have to do something. I can't help you. You have to do something. And that's when she and I started walking working through, how do I do this? I said, what is this? You know, what will turn lemons into lemonade for you until you tell me a story about them? You know, you're denying that they're, they're right in front. And all of a sudden she started to do it. And I became so excited to watch her celebrate. It's not hard. It's not hard. No, it's not, but you do need to say, that's what I'm going to do and do it. Right. Right. Absolutely
1: agree with you. Um, Yeah. I think attitude is everything. All the other thing I would say, building on what you said is if, if we're constantly learning, if we're always open to new things, if we're constantly saying, I don't understand that, I'd better figure out what that means. If that's the attitude we have, we're constantly learning. By definition, we should be running into things that interest us. Yep. We yep. should be getting other ideas for careers or other ideas for an organization. Yep. So that's the other thing. If Stay open to learning. Force yourself to always stay curious. And then by definition, things come your way because mm-hmm. the world is changing. And and you need to change
0: with it. You're raising a very important (laughs) skill set, though, and that's listening. You know, Carol Dwork's stuff about being a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, being curious, listening. I'm I'm a big believer in serendipity. You know, you and I met by chance, right? Yes. I met Edie by chance through Lynn, who I met by chance at a conference where I was talking. And next thing you know really? I mean, this is all serendipity. And uh, don't underestimate life's path that opens up possibilities for you, but just listen for them. The signals are coming. You can delete them. Your brain would love that. Or you can open it up and begin to embrace it and say, oh man, that's good. How do I... How do I try it? You know, what would happen if I did it? So, as you're looking forward, are there a couple of things that the listeners should begin to do themselves as they're trying to become the best they want to be?
1: Well, you know, I mean, I would think if, you know, building on the listening and being open, wherever you are currently, stay open, propose initiatives. Yes. If you have ideas, propose them to others and see what happens. Raise your hand. When a company or an organization is looking to do something new and that's going to be strategic for the future, raise your hand. Even if you know nothing about the content or the subject matter, get involved in new things. Force yourself to be on the innovation space, you know, to constantly try new things. Um, Anyway, that's that's what I always did, almost sort of to dare myself. I I do think, (laughs) Andy, that comfort or feeling comfortable and being comfortable in your job and your situation is not a good thing. Our world is way too crazy for that, unfortunately. It's just too crazy. I mean, we we can have that in our personal life. It's great when we can. But in our careers, we have to constantly be looking at what's next and how's the world changing? How am I going to remain pertinent? Because you can't remain pertinent with what you grew up on.
0: We can't, you know, you have to change. You remind me of this quote, I'm all for retirement, I'm just never going to retire. It's not for me, right? (laughs) It's not for me. Um, And I remember Margaret Mead in the Museum of Natural History with her staff uh, in the elevator saying this lady is just, she's just remarkable, but she went exploring. Um, When I did my archetype and became an anthropologist, I was an explorer. Uh, I think we are explorers, but we also are not... Uh, anxious for comfort or certainty without the ability to be able to do something with it and to see what the possibilities are. And quite frankly, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out. So you make a pivot. You said you pivoted. You were going to be in international politics. What happened? Not much.
1: (laughs) And And I was the first, but I've pivoted several times since then because I had to.
0: And it's not the end of the world. Yep. Yeah, and you can you know? you so as we wrap up, Liz, if people want to know more about you, where can they find it out?
1: Oh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I don't have a website. Um, you know, it's always the same. You you, you do the marketing, you don't do the <laughs> marketing for yourself. I'm very good at marketing other brands, but not myself. But uh find me on LinkedIn and hook up to me and I I'd be de- delighted to connect and have a conversation. That's great. Thank well, you for this opportunity, Andy.
0: Well, I'm enjoying every minute of it, but I will make sure that all of her and all Liz's information is on the blog that goes with the podcast. But I also want to circle back just a moment for the listeners. Think about the times that we're in. It's a time for women to help women become the best that we can be. And as you're listening to Liz and to myself and the others who we bring onto the show, they're all giving you insights that you don't have to be stuck or stalled. Um, You can begin to have, reignite your own pleasures, but you have to take stock of who you are and be honest with yourself, be authentic, whatever that word means. Uh, pivots are okay. Um, make it up as you go. It's all right, too. I often think that we're a living theater and you can play lots of roles. Vanessa Redgraves has. Um, why can't you? You know, it's a new script, <laughs> right? I mean, they all invent themselves. They get on stage and improvise. Life is like that. Um, but it's been a pleasure talking to Liz Mush today because it's just fun to share with you people who have had marvelous careers and yet are still giving back to others. And I don't she think you're going to retire, nor am I, right? No, it's too much fun. it's you know, <laughs> Too much to do. Uh, anyway, for all your listeners, thank you for your emails, info at andysimon.com. Now, don't forget to buy my new book, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. Um, it's about 10 women and myself who all said of course we can not a single one of them ever thought they couldn't and they didn't even know that it was sort of strange that they were so successful as leaders or entrepreneurs or geoscientists and their role models for you to help you see feel and think in new ways so you can soar and that's what I'm here for as well please stay safe stay healthy enjoy keep sending me your notes and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you bye-bye now